Welcome back to the Thoreau's Genius Podcast. My name is Janine Kistner. I am a Highland Games heavy athlete. I've been a thrower for a very, very long time, since like 1995, I think I first started throwing um, shot and disc in middle school. And yeah, kind of came to the Highland Games late in life uh, when I was, let me see, 35, I think. So I'm 38 now. And so you know, my, my body has gone through a lot of changes since I first started throwing in eighth grade. I was a pretty skinny kid, especially early on in high school. I had been a Highland dancer for a long time. And so I had more of that physique of somebody who trained in, in aerobic activity, did a lot of cardio. And then as I got through college, you know, put on a lot of muscle and, and got heavier, obviously got quite a bit heavier. Um, and, got thicker and fluffier in some places and then, you know, left college and stopped throwing as much, stopped training as much, my body changed. And I think that it's, it's like a unicorn to find a woman who hasn't spent some amount of, of her life or even a lot of her life thinking about her body and looking, even looking at her body as a project, not just for a purpose to be able to do something with her body, but to be able to do something like to her body, you know, change it into in some way to meet some kind of expectation that you have for yourself or you believe that other people have for you, or because you think it's going to help you, you know, get something that you want. Um, And, you know, and I, I think I've experienced that, especially not being a college athlete, you know, I, at 30, I went back and through for one year at Ashland University. And so I was back to that rigorous training environment, but then leaving that and getting married and then having my first and probably only child, you know, there, your body goes through a lot of ups and downs. And it's been challenging for me to reconcile those, those changes that I've seen in my body and what I feel like people maybe expect of a woman and, and just how it can be really challenging as a woman in strength sports. Um, and yeah, so there's just a lot, a lot that's been going on in my head over the last, really my whole life, but then the last, the last year or so, especially, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. So what sparked some kind of some change in my thoughts over the last couple days was, you know, Mike Beach has his new podcast and I, I hunted down the some old some old content that he'd put out um so he did a series of three episodes of his do whatever podcast on the highland games and because i've been completely sucked into this uh spectacle of a sport i went down i went out and hunted down those episodes and i i couldn't get them to play on his website on my phone it might work online or whatnot but i went out and found them on youtube because i'm just so cool i've got the time to do that kind of thing so anyway i think it was in one of those episodes episodes in that three episode arc that Mike was talking about the size of Highland Games athletes and you know and he Mike talked about how he's gone from being an A to being a lightweight athlete and you know he was commenting about how um, some guys with a smaller build um, in the Highland Games will try to force themselves to get big like and 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 the eating like a big guy eating to become a big guy Um, For those smaller guys, it's a battle and it's uncomfortable. You know, it's something that they have to work at. 
And if they stop eating like that, then they'll go back to being smaller pretty quickly. But those, you know, monsters of men um, that you see in not just Highland Games, but in those other strength sports where we know that mass moves mass, you know, for the, for them, you know, Mike commented, and I've seen myself, you know, eating like like a quote unquote big, big guy doesn't necessarily really look that hard. I think it's just to a certain extent. Being a big guy is just kind of how they're made. Like their bodies are able to put on and hold mass, you know? So doing that isn't a struggle. So now c- correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free if there's any anything that you guys are hearing in this podcast or in any other episodes that you disagree with or have uh, thoughts on. There, There's a link in the show notes for where you can leave me a voice message or you can hit me up on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, If you search for Janine Throws, uh, you should find me. Um, But let's face it, if you're listening to this, we're probably already connected uh, digitally or in real life. Um, But anyway, so I want to go back to that idea of our like body size and what we're sort of predisposed for. And so I have thought for a while that our like everybody's body seems to sort of have a set point. It's kind of like a uh, a thermoset of like size homeostasis like we can work to shift things in one direction or another but to make rapid change it like takes a lot of input of a lot of effort so often it seems like any sort of rapidly attained massive deviation either getting a lot bigger, a lot smaller. It's largely reversible. I mean, we see this all the time, you know, really common. We hear about like weight loss and the yo-yo dieting about how, um, you know, you, if you lose a lot of weight, then you'll tend to put it back on. And that, and and I think you see that also with um, people who try to get bigger is that it, it can take a lot of work and, and shifts over time obviously occur. And I think there's a, a natural, a natural progression that we see in a lot of people over time it, it, weight gain, unless you do something to counteract it. But those changes over time are usually more gradual and they, and maybe it's even because somebody finally hit their set point. Like a lot of women spend a lot of their lives, women and men spend a lot of their lives dieting. And so they maybe are kind of fighting against, against that, that set point on their body size thermostat. Um, and, and so maybe when they stop fighting it, you know, stop working so hard for whatever reason, then they finally get to whatever their set point actually was. Or, you know, I think there, there are certain things in our lives like age, hormonal changes, you know, things that just shift, shift that set point. But I don't know. I'm not an expert on that stuff. That's just kind of like my, my hypothesis based on what I've seen for a long time. So what that, what Beach said about, throwers and their size and that that effort to kind of shift what I'm calling that that set point really connected with stuff that I've been I've something I've been thinking a lot about so I know a mental struggle for me and I think for a lot of other women is the fight between what is maybe my body set point and the type of body I believe will make it more likely for me to be considered attractive or considered fit or to get I I mean no shame here. Social media attention, which might drive better opportunities for, I don't know, sponsors or getting games invites. I don't know. I mean, there's there's just a lot. I think a lot of us just have a sense that, and we read, you can even read about how, you know, things are easier for, in a lot of ways, for attractive people and for, for smaller women or more, whatever has been deemed as like status quo of whatever sexy is. 
Um, and I'll be open about my hangup. So here's whew, putting this out there on the internet. So the things for me are honestly my stomach rolls and cellulite on my inner thighs. I think my arms look pretty badass. I think I have some awesome calf muscle muscles. I love how big they are, how defined they are. That's those eight years of Highland dancing. And then <laughs> calf raises on calf raises on calf raises on top of that. And like, there's a video that I posted from the, um, the East versus West challenge, uh, the, the throw me throwing the heavyweight about 39 feet, um, where just the, the definition that you do see in my quad, like, yeah, like I'll admit a number of those views are from me probably, just probably from me just watching it over and over again. Cause like, it's just awesome. I love, I love seeing that strength, but like, I do not love the stomach rolls and that cellulite, like, I, I wish I didn't care about it, but reality is that I, I do. And, you know, those the stomach rolls are probably genetic. I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, when I, even when I was recruiting athletes, like you look at somebody's parents and you can see a little bit of what their destiny might be, you know, and I, th- I think that the my thickness in my midsection, it's probably genetic and also a function of the size I already was before having before pregnancy. And the cellulite, like, that's just part of, like, being a woman. Like, if you're a woman who does not have cellulite, who hasn't, like, frozen it off or whatever, like, please reach out to me. Um, but, like, that those stomach rolls, like, I do not like how my belly pooches out when I wear my weight belt. I get, like, a friggin' muffin top and bottom and a muffin bottom. And I don't, I don't like seeing the fat on my thighs jiggle. And I know I probably spend... I've, it, it's taken up more headspace than it ought to that I care about those things. And like, and I know that when I'm heavier or I'm not working out as much, those characteristics get more pronounced. Like, and I feel better about myself. My self-esteem is higher when I see my torso look smoother in a picture, even if it's just an illusion, because that's what it is. Like I can get two pictures within minutes of each other and my stomach can look totally different. And I know this because the cover I I took several pictures to get the cover for this episode and the video that I posted of me doing trap bar deadlifts like I changed the angle I was taking it at so that you wouldn't see the rolls like my muffin top and muffin bottom as well like because I wanted to minimize the appearance of my stomach chub so you know, last year I posted a progress pic on Instagram, a weight loss progress pic that I've since taken, taken down. So I had gone up to, I gotten up to like 245 through and after pregnancy and that weight, I just never, I never took that weight back off again. It was like a weight gain of maybe like 20 pounds total. Um, and for so, just to give you some other benchmarks so that, cause I think there's some power in talking about how much we weigh as women. And I honestly, like, I don't have any, I don't, I've never really felt a hang up about being over 200 pounds or hitting a certain number. Like it's not the number in itself, but the things that I for myself have ascribed to it. And a lot of it is because of those, those benchmarks of like where I see I was in my life when I weighed certain numbers. So those benchmarks. So I was about 205 at the end of my freshman year of college and in 2000, I hit, um, I remember this number distinctly. I remember seeing it on the scale. I hit a a high of about 238 when I I graduated from undergrad in 2003. And I was about 225 um, back in like 2012 when I threw at Ashland. So, you know, I've, I, 
was I gained what is that like almost 35 pounds through college and then um without the kind of training to maintain the muscle mass that I had like I lost some weight and then was able to maintain about 225 pounds that year that I threw and that training was really intense um I was trying to think back like I honestly don't remember exactly how I ate when I was throwing at Tennessee back in like my in you know late teens, early 20s. But I honestly, I think I just ate whatever I wanted to. I think it was the same thing at Ashland. But like, during the times I wasn't a collegiate thrower, I was definitely more conscious about what I ate. I think, you know, it got in my head that, you know, oh, you can't eat the way that you did when you were a college athlete anymore. And I felt like, like, honestly felt guilt that like I had like done it to myself that I I didn't have the self-control to not eat the way that I used to. And I didn't have the internal motivation to go and work out enough to like counter, to balance out. Like it was like a constant, like a scale in my mind, like, okay, not, not like a weighing scale, but like a, you know, side to side scale, like the, you know, judgment lady, lady justice. Like I got to put in enough exercise to balance out the food that I'm eating. And, and, but it wasn't just like a simple mathematic equation. It was like, a whole lot of emotions tied into it as well. And so, you know, naturally when I wasn't training as consistently and intensely, my, my waist got softer. Like I got bigger. That's the place where I gain and lose weight the fastest. We all have a place. And for me, it's my waist, my stomach. So, and I think it sometimes I could see my face fill in a little bit, or at least it looked that way to me in pictures. It could have just been my hairstyle at the time. I think when my my curly hair is bigger and thicker. It just kind of makes my hair, my face look a little fuller. I, I mean, I don't know. The biggest thing though was like that I, I sticks out to me about the, that time is the, the feelings of guilt that I had about, um, or the thing that gave me those biggest feelings of guilt about not watching what I ate was my clothes, like specifically my clothes feeling uncomfortable. You know, and the nice thing about workout clothes is they're full of spandex and elastic and you, you just can't see stomach rolls on a, when you're wearing sweatshirt and sweatpants that fit at least, at least not the ones that I own. So, um, but like when you're not a college athlete anymore, you don't get to wear, <laughs> you're not a coach. You don't get to wear just like stretchy clothes all the time. So all this has been swirling around in my head. And last winter I decided I wanted to lose the baby weight. And, and part of it was just like, I think it was about taking control of something in my life. And like, I wanted to prove to myself that I could lose the weight if I wanted to. Um, and so I, I wanted to get back down to that 225. And I did it over, it took about six months of really hard work. Like I joined uh, uh, Orange Theory Fitness and was like working out really intensely all the time and not necessarily the kind of training that was about performance. Like it really was the the main reason I did it was so that I could get smaller and lose weight. And then last year in 2019, I decided I, I didn't really want to try to maintain that weight and also try to have a strong Highland game season. And so over the course of this, like in the winter, like I gained the weight back, like it's no surprise, you know, so right now I'm sitting around 245, give or take. So over the last couple of months, I've been trying to decide if I want to put the in the effort again and try to get back to 225, because I know what effort it took. But like, I remember even in that progress pick, like I, I was able to like I said earlier, like I was able to, you can hide it and make it look like you don't have stomach rolls. And like, yeah, I did get smaller. I fit into smaller clothes, but like what I learned from that experience was even losing 20 pounds, like my stomach is still 
probably thicker than I'd like it to be. And in order to get like a slim waist, like you see, like what quote unquote fit looks like, like I'd honestly, like I'd probably have to get down back below, like below 200 pounds. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I honestly, I don't even know what I would have to weigh to lose that, that stomach fat to the point where I'd be like, quote unquote, happy with it. So like, but like, what kind of a thrower am I going to be, you know, what kind of, like, am I going to be happy <laughs> or like just angry all the time if I had to do that? Cause I know it doesn't just take exercise. Like you have to, what do they say? Abs are made in the kitchen. So like, so I've been, I've been examining, you know, what is, what really is my motivation for wanting to lose weight now? Like if I did, if I was going to try to lose the weight, what would be my motivation? Because like I'm, I'm throwing well, you know, like I don't, I don't have any of the health issues that are often tied with being overweight, like high blood sugar or high blood pressure or cholesterol. Like, I don't, the the thing for me right now that maybe is the motivation to lose weight is that I don't really have many clothing options that make me happy, that spark joy, that uh, fit my post-baby body. And, and pregnancy very much changed the amount of tissue, just to be frank, that I have in my breast and in my stomach. And because I... I think I was always kind of of the mind that like, oh, I'll eventually get my body back to where it was pre-pregnancy. So like I never I, I felt like it was like a waste of money. Like it was like not a moral choice for me to buy a whole new wardrobe because it was like, am I am I choosing to spend the money on this whole new wardrobe because I just don't have the the drive or the motivation to just like lose the weight so I could wear my old stuff. Like it felt like I was making a bad financial decision. And again, like I had, you know, feelings of guilt about that. But I'm, I'm coming to terms, I think finally, hopefully coming to terms with the reality that my body has been changed in ways and to a degree that it would just take a lot of effort to roll the clock back. And like to what end? So just so my stomach looks smoother? Like... So this past week, anyway, I've I've come to embrace. <laughs> I feel like I've come to embrace my new reality, and this is not like a new reality, but it's a new embracing of it. Like I have a big body. Like I look at pictures, even from the East West Challenge, looking at pictures, and like you don't realize it when you're just like in your own body looking out. But when I see pictures of myself, like next to even other Highland Games athletes, like I'm taller. Like I'm going to be. I am bigger and like that's something that's just not going to change. And so, you know, and I, I, I think I might even be able to throw farther maybe or at least have a better peace of mind if I stop fighting against or agonizing over my body's ability to get big. I mean, part of it came from listening to Beach's podcast and realizing that I'm probably a lot more like those guys who can put away two burritos without batting an eye than, a, than the people that have to work to put the weight on. Part of this realization also came from a conversation that I had with one of my strong friends, uh, Mary, and I'm, I hope I, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, uh, Thyson, Thyson, Thyson Lappin, who's one of the best Olympic lifters in the country. And she's also she I mean, she and I had a chat that last week uh, or this week, and it seems like she's also found peace in herself with being a big, strong, badass woman. And also part of this realization, to be frank, came from discovering the apparel brand Kinda Fit, Kinda Fat, which is why I used a picture of me in that shirt as the cover for this episode. And so, and that was huge, actually. I feel like more so for women than men, there is this sense that fitness and fatness are opposed to each other, that they shouldn't exist in the same body, that like we have to choose to be one or the other. And like if we are okay with being fat, like, I don't know, like we'll, damn it, like I'm fit 
and I'm fat. <laughs> like, that's okay. So like, so I'm where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm over agonizing over every little bite I put in my body, trying to figure out like, okay, where's the limit? Like I'm over trying to keep my weight down. I'll, I'll probably still weigh myself because that's, that's data and I love data, <laughs> but, um, but I'm curious to see what happens if I do let my weight get up to 255 or 260 because I'm 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 gonna do my best not to care about how that makes me look, um, but I'm going to assess how and I'm gonna continue to assess like how my weight impacts my health markers and like if I'm still throwing shit far, like I'm gonna you know, I'm going to look at my videos to see if I still feel like I can move okay. But like, I'm going all in on this, like I'm going to get new clothes. So I don't feel bad about the, them being tight on my waistline. And I'm going to be training the way that I used to like for muscle and performance and speed and power, not for my waistline. Like I'm done feeling uncomfortable just because I don't have clothes that don't fit me because I don't have clothes that fit me properly. And so the proportion of spandex and elastic in my wardrobe is about to increase. So, and you know what? Like, I already feel better. Like, I'm done feeling like I need to offer a psychic apology for how I look. Like, my thighs jiggle and my stomach pooches out. Like, I'm also pretty freaking strong and I can throw shit farther than most people. Like, not just most women, but like most people. Like, both things are true that I I can be, have jiggly thighs and a poochy stomach and I can also be freaking strong and throw shit far. Uh, and so I'm going back to training like I used to waistline be damned. Like I'm just kind of trying not to care about it. Like I felt empowered wearing that kind of fit kind of fat shirt in the gym. It felt like I was sending a different kind of message, if even only to myself, that I can be both things. No apology necessary.